Thanks for listening. Today, Chris and I are going to talk about mods, hacks, reskinning, conversions. That is, using a system you have to play in a setting that either doesn't have a system at all or has a system that you don't particularly like. Our focus will be on using the 2Die20 system and its various incarnations. Uh, but today's episode is about our big picture thinking, about how we view this process of porting or hacking. or And we're going to talk terminology in the episode itself. But uh, that's today's big picture. And then in some follow-on episodes in the future, we'll actually go through this process to use the 2Die20 system to sit at the foundation of other settings. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Well, let's move on to some of your happy things, a bunch of made-up stuff. (laughs) Um, I got my Acton Cthulhu books. Yeah, okay, so cool. We, let's let's. I think that fits under the heading of gaming in the last week. Yeah, they turn. They just. I haven't like looked at this little shrink wrap because I only just took them out of the box. Oh, they but smell yeah. wonderful. Uh, I don't know. Oh, if, oh, I forget oh. if mine are Latvian or Lithuanian printed, but they. Uh, but oh. they they have that wonderful deep ink smell to them. I don't remember asking for dice for them, but I guess they did one of those GM bundles, which much come with a dice. But like the dice boxes are rubbish because. It's like 4D6 and 2D20s. And yeah. it's like, that's just not enough. Yeah, I would. I think it would make more sense if they... I mean, I could deal with four die sixes. Six of them, I think, is better. But yeah. five 20s so that you have a full maximum hand. Yeah. So if Modifius, if you folks are listening, slightly higher dice price for a box that is actually a full set. Like when they were on sale about ugh, I don't know, two years ago or something directly from the site, I bought five Star Trek die 20s and six of the sixes and I'm good to go now because I have the the other sixes that came they're printed differently but the sixes that came in the starter box so I've got like 10 sixes and I've got 520s and I'm I'm good to go yeah so I was lucky I went to games expo when they just had them in a tub and I think I had some like I had two reds maybe so I bought I have now a set I have five reds five blues five yellows that's and, cool yeah and, mine, mine's uh, a combined set I think I have like oh, one gold oh, two blue oh, no Ugh, can't be mixing your blues, reds, and yellows. Ugh, anarchy. So did you, have you played anything in the last week? Uh, I, I played, uh, I went to some friends where we were playing Pandemic Legacy. We play on season zero now. So uh, we, we fought against the commies, but unfortunately they uh, poisoned most of Southern Africa. Um, so we failed that month. And then we, uh, we, stopped the, we stopped the plague spread into the rest of, uh, of Africa. So we'll call that a win but unfortunately the uh, the commie scientist that escaped us twice pesky Love reds that. uh and yeah that's that's about, that's about it oh actually did i go to an event at the weekend no i did i played marvel at the weekend i had three wins and one loss so that was good 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 yeah, about, i did uh, i ran that first session of that old fossa um a doomsday like any other adventure with the return of the doomsday machine and uh, it's interesting, actually, when I was reading the module, uh, and this, this is like a whole subject unto itself or topic, like module design, adventure design, like printed, published adventure design, um, uh, you know, different companies treat it differently. But over time, 
you see that there's an evolution in general as to how these things are presented. And um, there was a lot of, forget about the, the, the stats, that was actually easy because of just how Star Trek Adventures works. But the story, there were a lot of things I had to twist and turn because of just how it was presented in the, the book. It was really, it was, it's laid out really like a railroad with a right. series of assumptions. Not, it's interesting, actually, that they're, they're, they're not presented as like directives, like your players should do this. But there was a, just a whole bunch of assumptions about how the players would react in a given open-ended <laughs> circumstance, I'm like that's never a good idea as an author of an adventure to assume, or, or they would be like, well, make sure your players do this. I'm like, but I can't do that. So uh, it, it, it's uh, no plan ever survives contact with the enemy intact yeah. and no adventure plot structure survives players <laughs> who conspire with one another and increasingly use momentum creatively. Uh, which is great, uh, but um, but we got to the point that I expected to get to, and uh, and it was fun. And we're taking this weekend off, unfortunately, because half my party is going to be at a birthday party for somebody else. So we'll pick it up, and they'll try to save the planet Ectare next weekend. Cool. I always find it funny. I think I feel like a lot of early adventure design was like you know people had read D and D adventures, but like like you had a map. And so, okay, you didn't know where the players were going to go, but the players would meet this guy in this room and this, do this thing in this room. There'd be this trap in this room. Um, and then, you know, then you'd go down to the next level. So it was, you know, it wasn't even railroady. It, it would be very railroady, but at the same time, the players would feel like they had stuff. But I feel like once they went out of fantasy, where, you know, you get into the things where the minute you're out of fantasy, you can do anything. Yeah. You're in a spaceship, you can fly anywhere, you can go to any the modern day or cyberpunk, wherever it is, you can do pretty much anything then adventure design sort of didn't progress that quickly. And it was still very much right. This is going to happen. This can happen. This is going to happen. It's like your players are like, nope. You're like, oh, okay. Well, the other thing too that I've, and I, I mean, I think we're all, I think a lot of GMs fall into this category. And I say this with love, but a, a lot of folks, I mean, are disgruntled authors or, you know, want to want to be authors. And so that that's very much what this uh, this Fossa. In fact, all of the old Fossa adventures are like that. They're just page upon page of just text, solid text, explaining all these things and describing like you want to write a book, but you can't commit to more than 30 or 40 pages. That's what your problem is. But anyway, so it, it went well. Um, it went well. But today, what? we're not going to talk about Star Trek Adventures, per se. We're going to talk about taking the two-die-20 system and beating on it to use it in other with other settings and genres that Modiphius does not publish for. But are we also talking beyond that? Are we talking about adaptations in general or adaptations more specific to two-die-20? Yeah, I think, actually, I think it's a good place to start. Because we've kind of got the split into three things. We've got kind of like, what, what is the purpose and, and like the process? What is the process of doing this? And then we've also got how we've classified doing conversions. And then we've got some examples that we want to talk about. So actually, I, I think, yeah, because you've got here on, your, on, our, on our Word document, it's not Word. Uh, your task one, two, three. I think that's a, a good idea of thinking about the process. What is the process of doing it? And actually, before that, it'd be, you know, what, what is, the even, what is the purpose of doing a conversion at all? I would have said that was very simple. I want to play either a setting which has no role-playing system at all. So oh, League of Legends, obviously, but one that I always say. So I want to play in a system that has, uh, I want to play in a setting that has no system, or 
I want to play in a setting I really, really like, but I hate the system. You know, Shadowrun, which you hate the setting as well. But that's the classic. Is I mean, the two to me, the two classic examples that people bang around everywhere would be Shadowrun and Exalted, because both of them have settings that people really, really like, and systems that like you know, even well, people yeah, play them. Yeah, well, it, it is. It, you know, we we see that where there are systems that, um, like some movies, people are all one or all they either love it or they absolutely hate it. And some people like giant handfuls of dice, and they love like lots of fiddly bits in their system. That that's fine. But yeah, that's a. I think that's a good place to start. You know, is 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 there absolutely no system for this at all, or do I just not want to use the system that's published for it? And then you're left in the, the, the situation of trying to figure out how to go about doing that. Yeah. So do you want to read through what you've written for? So task, so step zero then, these programmers speak, step zero was I'm going to do a conversion. Yeah. Okay, so then we have step one of that would be. the dis- Well, yeah. So you make the decision and I'd say we, you know, we, we batted this around as ideas. So task one, you, you would, you would, in trying to adapt, you, you would need to establish key elements of the setting that you want to use. What are the most important things in that setting that have to exist in order for it to feel right and play the way that you think it should play? Like we've talked about this before. I mean, Star Wars demands the force. It doesn't feel like Star Wars to me if there's no the force. Even if it's not being used by players, it's got to be there. For me also, if there aren't stormtroopers or bounty hunters, it's not Star Wars. It just doesn't, you know, if you're just a merchant and you're dealing with, your margins, go play Traveler. Uh, so you have to decide what are the key elements and ideas. Like I said, Jim, James Bond demands gadgetry and women with bizarre names and loose morals uh, for classic Bond, not like not the modern, grim, unhappy Bond. Um, I'd say that like modern conventional horror, like the old supernatural television show, requires lots of monsters and low-level magic uh, you have to look at those things and for yourself establish like what are the most important elements that I've got to be able to express in this game, either narratively or more likely narratively supported by mechanics, because you got to decide what what you're going to do in terms of rules to to make these things work. What what are your what are your thoughts on that? Do you want to talk through some examples of of besides those ones that I just pointed out? What are some other settings or or stories that you could say those are the key like two or three elements that I've got to have in it? Um, yeah, I think since I've already used it as an example, if I was going to try and do if I was going to try and do Shadow Run, perfect example of one that I always do is kind of like all right, what do I need? So I need technology. So I have to be able to have lots of guns and cars and drones and stuff and i need to be able to have cyberware and then i also need to have so that's like one main pillar of the shadow run cool technology then i need to be able to have sort of uh the different races i need to be able to be an elf or a dwarf or an orc um that'd be and that's race creation so but that's that's a really straightforward one and then i also have to have magic and that's the whole point because shadow run is literally it's fantasy races can do magic with technology squish them all together which i know you hate but you know that's that's it but if you don't have those three things in there then it's 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 not shadow run like you know right. you just it's something else so you, you know, know so that's exactly i think what you need for the first bit what, what's the key thing 
And I would say like as a drawing a comparison, a close comparison that is distinct, if you wanted to do cyberpunk, maybe you want to actually do like our Talsorian cyberpunk 2020 or cyberpunk red, but you don't want to use that system. And what are the key elements of cyberpunk? Obviously it's the technology, lots of weaponry, lots and lots of weaponry, but like Shadowrun, it's not just the presence of technology because that's Star Trek. Star Trek's got lots of technology. Star Wars has lots of technology, but it's cybernetics. Yeah. Cybernetics is the must. Uh, and the other thing I would say with cyberpunk as a as a setting is there there has to be there's a there's a certain like smart mouth tone to it that was very that was very prevalent in the cyberpunk 2020 it's very much like attitude style over substance yeah. so how is that yeah. going to be expressed is that something you're going to express narratively mechanically or hopefully uh, a combination of the two let's think of something else another another story or setting whether there's a game for it or not um, how about Game of Thrones? I know there's been a there had been an, an RPG for that. I never played it. I read the first okay. couple of books. Um, I'm actually not a big fan, but I know people dig it a whole bunch. But what are what what would you say are the absolute must-haves if you were gonna run a Game of Thrones RPG? I mean, I think Game of Thrones is quite tricky because a lot of it it's it doesn't quite fit into certain things. I think it kind of has to have a certain level of sort of political intrigue because that seems to be all encompassing through it. And that's literally what the whole point of the game of Thrones is, the, is the political entry. Right, and then the it's, kind of, die. it's kind of low level fantasy in some way. So, you know, yes, there are, there are dragons, but actually only one character has them in the series and they only have, you know, three of them. So there are, there are monsters there, but they're, you know, they're on the outskirts. Your average person goes to work, comes home, never sees anything. There are like right. these zombie, you know, so there is, yeah, the, the white magical... walkers the white walkers are out there they're this yeah. they're this fear but they're not in your face like a goblin raiding the village in dnd yeah so we are really like really pretty much low level magic um we don't have any there's no kind of technology stuff at all so it is very you know very up to middle ages um i think it's got to be, it's, it's the political intrigue for me so you'd, ha you'd have to have lots of rules for the the, the politic stuff going on in the background um, and you need rules for magic, but it could be actually right. Actually, anything to do with magical stuff will be NPC only. We're not going to have any play. You know, the players will be restricted to a, you know, like a, a warrior, rogue, politician kind of stuff. And if you had, a, you know, like a priest, it's a, like a modern day priest. Um, not a, you know, they're not calling things from their gods. Although, you know, they get into that. But again, I think that's better to push that out to an NPC thing, really. You know, the other thing I would throw in with, I, I think is a must have for Game of Thrones is you would have to have some kind of larger scale combat system yeah. or, or flat out warfare system, because that, that marries with the, uh, the political intrigue. Are there any other, any other settings, any other movies, any other stories, book, whatever that you would, that you want to, we maybe want to use as examples just to help people get their heads um, around this. I think this. I think, yeah, not right. I mean, because most of the things we've written down are kind of really generic uh, setting ideas as opposed to things. Right. The one other one we have got down is Starship Troopers. Yeah. So obviously that is much more specific. That was for actually from Reddit. Yeah. So that's, that, you know, that, is a, a good, that is a good idea because I, I honestly couldn't tell you whether it does or doesn't have a role-playing game. And I know that like, there's more stuff in the book or slash books, yeah. if there are multiple ones, than the than the film. And then there's actually there's other films and I haven't seen most of those. 
but like again there so we've got you know we've got conflict between different uh, like human people and then there's obviously aliens out there and we've got a decent level of technology and so there's you know there's certain amounts of things we need there we need rule we need to be able to deal with aliens we need to be able to deal with space combat to some degree but kind of doesn't feel like that's like a you know a level it's more spaceships are to get to a to b but we certainly need land combat on both small and relatively large scale yeah. um and we need like you know cool guns and, and, and technology and stuff so. and i think you also need with starship troopers you need to be able to change gears between call it like uh non-augmented action in other words soldiers and people doing things out of powered armor and within powered armor and i i, I remember um, the Palladium system, Palladium system tried to account for this by creating like other, uh, you know, they, they had like, what was it, mega damage, or they had like mega two damage. different kind of damage, tra- and, it, yeah. and they didn't marry well together. They, they tried to figure out a way to say like, listen, if you, you know, if you, if you swing a sword at a, at a fighter jet, it's not going to do anything. Um, but yeah, there'd have to be some kind of way to differentiate. And I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know if just same system with bigger numbers would work, but but yeah, you have to be able to account for those for the powered armor if your players are going to play starship troopers who are out there as mobile infantry. Um, and by the way, when it comes to the other stories and movies and books, there are none. You just read the original, you stop there. And if you have to watch something, you watch the cartoon and you stay away from all of the movies. Okay. All of them. Anyway, yeah. everything else we've got here is is generic settings, as opposed yeah. to we haven't got any specific um like franchises here. Right, right. I think we're going to go with that. So I think the next thing. So we have got two more steps. Right, actually, before we go into step two and step three, I think we actually need to talk about our classification of yes. how we do a conversion. Because literally, the next two steps are, are how far down the rabbit hole of of our classification do we go? So we have kind of come up with a. Vague. We even even we keep changing our mind about how we are classifying the um, terminology thing. Yeah, we'll nail it down. But yeah, I, I agree. So you're listening. What we have, we have three tasks that we think you have to to undertake, and then we have uh, we have three depths to which one would go. And it looks like you're adding a fourth. Are you adding a fourth? Well, because we have this word that you don't like, which I don't feel which I feel actually that's where it fits. It's that it's more than, well, let's start going for our classification. So we start the yeah. two ends, it's going to be easier. So at one end, we have reskinning. Right. Which is literally just, you're taking an existing setting and you're just renaming, renaming some character classes or renaming the races if you have races and, and changing some skill names. Um, and then that's about it. Yeah, you're making, when you reskin something, you're taking an existing rule set and you're just, you're you're just scribbling out that which was written there already and put it like a couple of months ago before i started this star trek campaign i ran over two sessions an old star frontiers module mutiny on the eleanor morays and that was a reskin all i did was i used two die 20 and i just used i used stats and systems from star trek adventures that's it i used npcs from start there was absolutely no change it's just it's not a Romulan officer. It's a merchant guy. Whatever. That's all it was. Um, so reskin. There's. You're not changing numbers. You're not trying to fit something into something where it wasn't originally. You're just renaming things. 
So reskins the, like the most straightforward one. And that's obviously, you know, if you can do that, then great, because it requires by far the least amount of work. Yeah. Obviously at the other end, then we have what we would call like a full conversion where, I mean, almost it's the kind of thing we'd use some of the, the stuff I wrote on my 2D20 mod things in the blog where <laughs> you, you can't even take one of the existing s- systems and port it across. So you're going to go, right, we're just going to go down to the, the basic ideas of 2D20 and we're going to have to do the character creation from scratch. Uh, and we're probably going to have to massively tweak, you know, almost just take the combat and do the combat as standard and, 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 and create mon- you know, monsters or enemies, create them all from scratch. Now, I think it's unlikely you'd need to go to that extreme. There's probably always a point where you can use one of the existing systems as a base. But I think the one example we, we had, like I said, generic sense, was superheroes. I don't really see yeah, any of the existing start. ones. So it's almost better to go, right, well, we'll just use, we know how 2D20 works. We'll just do superheroes from literally from nothing, from right from right. the ground up. And we'll just go from, we know how the basic system for 2D20 works, rolling dice, um, and we'll do everything. We'll do the whole thing, which is, yeah, why on a, on a little list of things we've literally written next, but this one sounds like work because that would be, that would be the hardest one. Yeah, it's I agree. So and, and so, I mean, I think you, you put it well, a conversion would be taking, and, and we're obviously focusing on the 2Die20 system as the, the, the foundation for any of these adaptations. A conversion would be taking the, the core mechanic, the most core systems, the, the, the core mechanic that we went over a couple of months ago, uh, the, the meta currencies, basically that, and then building upward and creating and straining existing ideas through all of that and creating a bunch of stuff yourself. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, that's a conversion. And that's obviously, that would be a massive labor of love. And some people are really into that stuff. And yeah, you're right. I think supers would be the um, supers would be the worst of it or the hardest of it for the reasons that we've cited before in an earlier episode. But then obviously, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum is reskinning. Now, the word that you and I have gone back and forth over is hack. But how do you define a hack? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think I come back to kind of this idea of like of like a hack job, which you know, I guess there's like a hack job in terms of like a, a press type thing. But to me, kind of a hack for this is you've done a you've done a job that you know isn't very good. Like it's kind of thing where if I was trying to do, um, I want to run something that is probably going to be one session, then I don't need it to stand up to like any decent amount of scrutiny. I need to be able to make some characters, give some character sheets and players. I, I've I've knocked up some bad guys and I can just run it. So like when I did when I did Eclipse phase. I started with, I basically used Infinity. So it wasn't even a rescan. I literally just used Infinity. But Infinity didn't really have the rules I needed for um, the different bodies, the morphs that we have in Eclipse Faith. So I had to write some rules for, uh, for the morphs. And, but that was it. That was basically all I did. I just took Infinity. I took the character creation. I took all the rules. I took everything else from Infinity. Uh, I worked out some bad guys myself, and I did those morph rules. And if I'd wanted to do that over a long period of time, I think I would have needed to do more which I think then goes beyond just like a quick hack, um, which is why I've kind of like on our thing, I've put the word, we've got the word sort of modify or modification or yeah. just mod for something requiring like a decent amount of work. And I've put kind of a hack in the middle where it's just like, a, you know, it's like, I think a hack works best for a one shot. Yeah, I agree. I actually think your, your description right now of it being like a, a, a hack, a temporary, it's jury rig. Yeah. Is what I would say is jury rigged. It will last much like spending momentum to invoke a scene trait. 
It's only going to last for a certain amount of time. It's not going to stand up to scrutiny. It's there for that, that session. And that's it. Um, see, I would put, I would say that more than likely most reskins are going to involve that or could involve that. Um, so we, we've laid out extremes. We have the reskin with the hack next door to it, and we have the conversion way over at the other end. And then sitting in the middle, which is where I think actually most people would 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 do this is what we're calling just a mod or a modification. And that's where you're taking an existing system and changing and tweaking or taking parts because 2Die20 is in a way, I mean, it's the same core system, although Dune is very different from Infinity. It's still the same core mechanic. And so you could, you know, file the edges and buff parts of the different subsystems and put them together in a modification that's meant to fit this setting that you're that you would like to use two die twenty in our example for, and that's where we can now. I think we can move to task two, can't we? Uh, yeah. Or do you have more? No, no. I think that's that's it. Like, I'm, I'm essentially a modification is everything in in the middle where we're using existing stuff and maybe bits and things. You know, hypothetically, we take we take magic out of acting Cthulhu and stick it with Fallout, and that gets us right. what we want. I have no idea what that would look like, but. Uh, so that's so. Task two is looking at, and this I think is is aiming. Well, it could be for any of these, but which existing two die twenty system seems to provide most of the elements to meet the needs of task one with the least amount of work. Yeah. So if you've established, like for example, maybe do you want to use Game of Thrones as a yeah. as a working yeah. example? Yeah. So Game of Thrones, we've established you got to have lots of political intrigue, uh, low magic probably for uh, NPCs. Uh, monsters, but they're not in your face, and warfare. Those are some of the key elements of, of that. So once you've established those things, then it's a question of looking at the slate of two die 20 games and saying, which one's closest to the mark? Because I don't know about you, but I would like to, I want to spend my time on the fun. And for me, crunching numbers is and and working through that kind of stuff. It can be enjoyable, but that's not where my interest lies. So which of the two die 20 games do you think fits that the closest and thus will require the least amount of work to make it as close as possible as you modify it? Because we're, I think, I don't think we, we would be converting in this case and we're not reskinning. I think we'd probably be more modifying for, uh, for game of Thrones. Which one do you think is closest to the mark? Yeah. I and mean, I think in the case of say game, because we didn't come up with really, really clear defined setting like elements then it doesn't, there's no point converting. We've got nothing. We haven't got clear things we're converting. So actually we're better off some. The two most obvious ones, and it's funny because they're almost coming from different things, would be Conan purely on a basis that it's, it's low fantasy and Game of Thrones yeah. is low fantasy. It's low gritty fantasy. Yeah. And Conan has rules for things like rituals, which kind of is more Game of Thronesy, but it has monsters like Game of Thrones and it has, and it has warfare rules, although I think not in the original book in one of the other. So that's one way right. of going at it. But the other way, and the way we've talked about a lot, would be to use Dune. Now, obviously, the first thing people say, well, wait, wait a minute, Dune's, Dune's far future sci-fi with giant sandworms and, you know, scary priests. Well, I don't know what the women do, whatever. When the film comes out, I'll remind myself again. But kind of it ticked all our boxes, didn't it? It had, it had rules for dueling, which we want, really. We can get them. And it had rules for political intrigue. Uh, and it rules for high level. It had the ha literally rules for houses. Yeah, we get Game of Thrones. We yeah. want yeah. houses, 
and June gives us rules for houses and families, um, and it has rules for for mass warfare. Um, so it actually gives us all the bits. And one of the beauties of June is that it doesn't really kind of go too much into the technology. Essentially, anything you have is basically a trait. So, you know, that's so th those are two totally different ways you could look at it. And you would obviously get a very different game whether you used Conan as a base or whether you use June as a base. But I think it would depend a lot on what, what are you trying to do? Are you doing a, a traveling cell sword, uh, goes through Westeros, fighting people, and ends up fighting, you know, the White Walkers? Well, if that's your game, then obviously once you use Conan. But if what you're wanting to do is I want to have uh, my players create a house and they take part in the Game of Thrones to try and become the leaders, then June would actually make you know, way more sense. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And that's why that task one of establishing the key elements, and it's not just the key elements from an objective standpoint of a setting or a story, but establishing those that are going to be most relevant to how you want to play and run the thing. Because, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that, I mean, if you, if you wanted to run a Game of Thrones type game and have, uh, have the players be, I forget, what are the, what are the, what is it? The Black Watch or what are the guys on the wall? What are they called? Night, what? Black, yeah, it's one of those. Night's <laughs> Watch, whatever, I, yeah. I'm a terrible fantasy fan, I guess. I don't know that. But you know what I'm talking I mean, about, like yeah. those... Those, those people up there on that, that big wall of ice, if you wanted to run that, that's not, you don't need Dune for that. No. But you're right. If you wanted to do the Game of Thrones, you would need all that intrigue and espionage and that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that this is where modification, I think you'd be modifying to do this because I think that you would, me personally, I think you'd take Dune and then depending on the types of characters that are being that, that you're playing, maybe there are times where you plug in like the Conan combat system, you replace the combat system, the, the, the skirmish system that's in uh, Dune with just straight out Conan combat, if that's how you want to do things. I mean, because I see Game of Thrones on the, like the, 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 the big level, lots of house retainers and stooges and people going and doing things for you. Well, that's great. If you as the player are, are effectively playing a faction, mm. you'd use Dune. But when you want to step down inside your champion who's fighting somebody, then you might, you might want it to be grittier and nastier and less narrative. And so you end up using the Conan combat system in place of that. But June has dueling rules. We read them. Yes, but we don't understand those. I grant you that. Uh, I, you know what though, even though, yeah, it, it does, it does. But I think that it doesn't have a table of, of displays where you can hack off the head of an enemy and huck it at his friends and that will scare them. Yeah. It doesn't have critical hit locations. Exactly. It doesn't have all the nastiness like and the grit and the detail uh, for combat that Conan offers. Although I think so, for like a, I would say, a real Game of Thrones thing, I think even the Conan table wouldn't go it. Because some of the really nasty stuff that happens in Game of Thrones kind of feels like yeah. actually that like a player sitting at a table going, how warped can I be? Right, well, I'm going to take the guy's head and, and so on. Well, you know what you need then? You need to go dig up like an old like 1984 copy of Rollmaster critical hit tables and go through those. But see, there, there's a modification. Yeah. You're taking an existing piece and you're, you're, you're buffing and, and, and scratching at the edges so it can fit well with something else. 
you're not creating it whole cloth. Yeah, I think that would work. I actually think that that would work really well. I mean, you could you 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 would use Dune for the most part, and then if you wanted to have that kind of in your face spittle flying around and body parts and things like that combat, you would you would want to plug in a Conan combat, um, and then the magic could you know I I think that. Yeah, I mean, actually, sorcery in Conan, given that it's largely something that's that's left to NPCs. Yeah, yeah PCs can do sorcery, but if your PC does sorcery a bunch, you're not going to have that PC for very long. I think the the the, the rules in Conan for rituals, uh, well, what you they call sorcery, but it's basically rituals mostly. I think that would work yeah. totally fine. Uh, so I guess that brings us to task three. So obviously, task two is sign right. Where do we start? Task three, then kind of basically. So well, I'll go. For what you got? Uh, determine what can be reskinned, what needs to be actually modified, and what needs more of a conversion. So actually looking through, right, if we've decided June is our starting point, what what needs changing and what can be left as it is? And like you just said, um, you know, actually at the point we're doing warfare, June's probably fine. The intrigue stuff, June's fine. But actually when we get down to sort of the, the melee fighting, so the skirmishes and the dueling, we probably want something that, a, we understand, um, yeah. and and B, you know, like is a is a bit more gritty and a bit more detail. Um, so then, yeah, maybe then we do want Conan. So in that case, do we? You know, we find a way of how do we how do we get those two together? Um, but that you know that would that would be the job. Yeah, that's not that's right. I mean, that's just going through, and we we just talked through that uh, as to what needs to stay and where where did the pieces come from. You know, the the if you're a big fifth edition fan. Obviously, there's no shortage of fifth edition ported into this setting or this genre or whatever. There's no shortage of that. So if you wanted to run something in fifth edition, but you wanted to change some pieces of it, I know you shouldn't do it. But uh, but but if you wanted to do that, obviously, you know, you, you have lots of places to look around to find examples instead of creating this stuff yourself. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's solid. So so again, just to recap, you know, task one is establishing the key elements of the setting for you. Task two is deciding which two die twenty system is closest to the mark, and then task three is looking at it and saying, what do I need to? What can I reskin? What do I need to modify? And is there anything left that I actually need to create? Like the and and this brings us to the point. Another point that I wanted to talk about is the the missing genre in two die 20 slate of games which for me i mean obviously there are lots of missing genres because there's tons of genres but high fantasy yeah high fantasy is missing so let's talk about that let's go through these steps and these tasks and let's let's see what we can do with high fantasy not doing it but just like laying it out yeah how high because you're high fantasy you don't like flying castles and i don't whereas for me okay let's let's do this Let's let's go ahead and say that D and D fifth edition, the 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 default D and D fifth edition, as presented in the Watsi core books, that's high fantasy. Let's call that high fantasy. I'm trying to think what fifth fifth edition doesn't even have an implied set, or does it just basically use Forgotten Realms? But um, but no, I mean, so okay, you said flying castles, floating castles. I yeah. was actually corrected. A friend of mine said they don't fly, they float. I'm like yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. Um, I mean. I would argue that if they move, then they're flying. They, could they just stay in one place. Maybe they're, on, they're, maybe they're on large wheels or tracks. Yeah, I mean, I was watching 
well, one of these troll hunters things on Netflix with Annie and the flying castle that Merlin and Arthur had in that. I was definitely flying because it was moving. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there then. <laughs> High fantasy has got to have a lot of powerful magic. Yes. Spell slinging, you know, mountain moving, world breaking, uh, pervasive and powerful magic. Yeah. All right. So the second one is you've got to have, they go together. You've got to have lots of fantasy races slash species slash ancestries, what we're going to call them, and, and monsters. Lots of monsters. Lots of monsters. You know, dragons, demons, giants, all that stuff. Right. Okay. I'm also going to say that contemporary high fantasy has a, a strong element of like classic pirate swashbuckling. You know, swinging from chandeliers and and scaling up the sides of walls and like kind of crazy over the top action. Errol Flynn. Yeah, yeah, I like Errol Flynn a lot. I love those old movies. As a matter of fact, um, Captain uh, Blood is my favorite. There's another one I thought. Oh, uh, so gods, gods have to exist. So you need a pantheon, which therefore can do either stomping on people, smiting stuff, or that gives us priests who can pray to their gods and they get magical well essentially magical powers that are divine as opposed to magic right or like in in the eberron setting which is my favorite of the dnd settings the gods are they the vast majority of people believe in them but they're they're distant and so the fact that they're not in your face and stomping on things itself is an important element of that that system the big question mark that sits over all of them yeah. Um, but okay, yeah, I, I can I can work with that, and I think you're you're absolutely spot on about like lots of different player species, races, whatever you want to call them, and oodles of different kinds of monsters. Like you you yeah. just you need like a you need a subscription to like random monster of the week because you just need lots and lots of monsters I always to want, keep coming at you. It's what players. I always ask you every time you're talking about a new Star Trek book. It's pretty much my first question is: Are there new species? And then my and well then are there new ships? Are there new ships? So we don't have to worry about that. And are there that. pictures of the ships? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, you always ask that. Okay, so so we've got a couple of things. Lots of magic, um, lots of species, high action, and lots of monsters. Yeah. And and <clears throat> few questions about how the economy works. We just don't Yeah. Like, ideally, if we never deal with the possibility of hyperinflation happening in the town near the dungeon because the, the adventurers come back with a crap load of gold and now the locals are pissed at them because they can't buy bread because every, they've been priced out of the market. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Why, why there are shops that sell all these magic items, but right. the people that sell it are still it. broken. Yeah. You, you know what? Actually, I think that is, that's definitely a trope of high fantasy is that there, is, there are questions that are not to be asked. Uh, which is fine because it's all made up anyway, oh, and it's all there's all a degree of escapism. Why so. are these why uh, why are these dungeons forever being built just outside of villages? Why do the villagers live there? There's a dungeon with lots of monsters in it. Move. You know what I want to know? <laughs> who are the contractors? Who are the contractors who built these things? You know. Anyway, so we've got those elements. So let's go ahead and step forward. Task two: Is there an existing two die twenty system that would? meet most of those or meet the big ones the best all right that's why i need to get out that handy chart i've got with all of the different duty time systems in. i mean it it would make more sense surely to start in one which at least has a fantasy part to it yeah it would seem that way so 
Conan is is an option because Conan has Conan has is fantasy, is flipping low fantasy, but Conan is Conan is fantasy. Yeah, there are monsters that will come after you. There is magic, and there's a lot of violence and and sword swinging. Um. So then, so the other ones. I mean, like I said, we've already said we can reskin June to Game of Thrones. I think in this case, it just does not work. And all of the stuff we want, none of that's in June. So we can't June. Um, Dishonored is again another one. You think, well, it's semi fantasy, but actually, it's got none of it. It doesn't have magic. Well, it doesn't really have magic. It does not have lots of lots of scary monsters. So again, that's another one which is maybe they have to throw away. Now, another one which doesn't seem obvious at first is Acton Cthulhu, because actually Acton Cthulhu does give us magic. Yep. And it's not crazy, you know, not everyone's throwing fireballs, but it does have rules for magic. And unlike Conan, yep. which is really more sorcery, you know, you cast a spell, you rituals. go blind and it's rituals. Conan yep. has actual, um, you know, I have a spell book of three spells and I can do a healing spell and an attack spell and I can turn invisible. So it's, that has like magic magic. Um, and it does have, monsters yep and but it doesn't have the other stuff it doesn't really you know it doesn't have anything about different species unless you count whether you're french or norwegian as a species which funnily enough we don't um so yes it's, it's missing out on that on that kind of stuff but it does at least you know it's got a we've got a starting point so acting cool is a possibility i actually think i, I it, it's it's interesting because the first at first glance you think oh conan you know but but conan is a very niche fantasy it is not high fantasy it is proudly not high fantasy you go back and read howard's stuff it's not at all and the vibe the feel to it is very different um because of that and just the way that he wrote his stories but so yeah looking at conan you'd think that but i actually think you're right with octun cthulhu i think octun cthulhu is probably if you push aside the nazis and the mythos it has a combat system already that accounts for ranged and melee weapons. And I mean, really, is it really that hard to say, oh, uh, a carbine, the stats for a carbine, that's a short bow now. You just reskin it as a short bow. And that sniper rifle, I'm just going to call that a long bow or something like that. That's not hard. So it has ranged, it has lots of ranged, and it has lots of uh, melee weapons. So you've got things that you could reskin, and you also then have examples to modify to build the stuff that's not there. Yeah. I think the most important piece, though, that, that, that draws me to Octoon Cthulhu as the foundation for a high fantasy is the magic. And it has the two kinds. It has ritual magic, and it has the fire and forget stuff, what they call battle magic in Octoon Cthulhu. I think, too, that... There are things I'm looking at my list here. Task three, what can be reskinned, what needs to be modified, what needs to be converted or built whole cloth. There are clearly things that we can easily reskin. Modifying and building, I think that the magic system, especially the battle magic system, is clear enough yeah. that if you wanted to import spells from another fantasy system like 5e, you have a model already of different kinds of fire and forget types of spells that you could use to convert or modify existing spells from a totally different system and build up that list. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job of making sure that rather than having five different attack spells and you know 
that actually they've got very this is clearly the you know this is the stealth spell and the protection spell and the healing spell and so it'd be very easy to actually just kind of do what they do and there's one place where the savage world does a really good job of it just has an attack spell and a healing spell and then everything else is reskinning because actually do we need 25 different attack spells when the reality is it's like right the spell does attack and some are area or some are uh, you know a corridor type thing uh and some just hit one person or not you know we don't need 25 different attack spells um bizarrely there is actually another option you could go down based on one of the things you said for a best starting system which we're not going to do i know what you're going to say we're not going to do let me see this, if i'm right but okay, the the other one you could do is you could use john carter i look, it wasn't thinking i was, gonna I was wrong you thought i was gonna say mutant chronicles then yes yeah i think I that's did. that's that falls into very close to conan with how the magic works can so the reason i said john carter because you started talking about high actions swords swinging off chandeliers and stuff that's actually that's literally john carter it's very it's like probably the easiest system to run it doesn't even have skills you literally just have stats um yeah it doesn't have magic but it kind of implies stuff about psychic abilities and how you can put it in you just you would essentially have a trait which goes right okay your guy can do magic so when you do magic you would still just roll your whatever two abilities it was so yeah. that would be a very free form very narrative way of dealing with fantasy and actually it would be the, probably the one that requires the least amount of work but you would be happy to go right i'm not going to have a list of spells i am not having a, a massive list of different uh weapons and stuff because weapons in that are kind of like does one damage or does two you know it's very very simple stuff if you wanted a very simple very narrative we're just going to like magic is just that i can do magic and then you would just roll your stuff and you do then actually, and then you would describe it yeah then you could use john carter and, and go from there but that's but again this is the kind of thing that why you said not only do we have to classify do not, not only do we have to say what are the setting elements we picked our four setting elements we also really should have decided how do we want to play this game because actually if we're wanting to go we just want to be errol flynn fantasy stuff then actually john carter were just the way to go but actually if we want to be able to find the magic item and the magic item is going to have different stats and we want to fight a monster who we don't want to be the same as the monster fought last week we want to and we want genuinely to have different spells in our spell book then john carter won't do any of that then we have to use act and Cthulhu. i think you're right I think, yeah, and it was, it's interesting. You and I are totally on the same page because I, that's exactly what I was thinking. It Again, it's not just the objective elements of the setting. It's the subjective ones that are important to you. Like, what are your priorities for it? So, yeah, and John Carter's so narrative and, 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 so, and so fluffy in that respect that if some people really dig that, and if you have everyone at the table bought into that, then that's terrific. But if you've got people who want to count dice and you know figure yeah you like you you're pointing at yourself um and and actually in i'm closer to to that than the high fluff stuff but um yeah you got to decide how you want the game to run and feel um yeah i actually think that for high fantasy octon cthulhu's got all the foundations there and the wonderful thing too about the core mechanic the two die 20 core mechanic is that i mean i have horrors of the hyborian age the monster book for conan and that, you know, in, in, in Octoon Cthulhu, the, the number of wounds or injuries or whatever they're called, you know, they're called something different. But the number of five points of damage blocks you can take before you're knocked out or dead varies from game to game. You know, Star Trek Adventures, you take one and you're out because it's, uh, you know, you're not supposed to be dead 
most of the time. You're just taken out of the scene. Um, Octoon Cthulhu, it's three. Conan, it, it you know, it, I think it's five. Um, but those are easy things to modify. And so turning to the horrors of the Hyborian Age and supplementing the creepy stuff that's in Octoon Cthulhu already you you have monsters that function mechanically the same way um and then it's just a question i mean you could actually like 5e tries to provide a mechanic for balancing encounters through challenge rating you know you could i mean look actually 2.20 already does this in most of the systems where you've got you know your mooks your your enhanced and your nemesis or your your character level npcs so you could just use those from the monster books uh, from um, from Conan, and feed those into Octum Cthulhu, and then if you wanted to have more spells, use the existing spell system as a jumping off point to strain through. Like, oh, we don't have a, I don't know, whatever, you know, like a, uh, what is it? What is it? The one D and D spell, like, a, you know, there's like Tensor's floating disc, and then there's the the like, what's the little thing where like a little magic campsite appears and everybody's happy and. Yeah, I, I forgot what that's called. Yeah. But yeah, you could go ahead and convert those kinds of things, determine the cost uh, for each of them, because there's your throttle. You don't have to, like 5e, you, don't ha- you would not have to have this many spell slots per level and gobbledygook like that. You just go with the system there in Octum Cthulhu, and the amount of magic someone could use is based on how much punishment they themselves can take. But unlike Conan, it's not permanent. It's not like slowly turning your mind to goo. Yeah, I think if I was doing, like adding, like if there was a lot more magic and I did want more of a cost of it onto Cthulhu, I'd probably go down the route that we see. That actually, we do see in sort of Conan and Infinity, where we have multiple damage tracks. And I'd probably go, right, well, I want a physical damage and then I want a mental damage. And I want, right. you know, if I cast spells, it does mental damage to me. So if I just cast, if I cast a few spells and then heal back, I'm fine. If I just keep going crazy in a combat and max out all my spells, I'm literally going to knock myself out, which is like, well, yeah. cool. And that, you know, that's the cost thing, which, I mean, I prefer those kind of systems, that kind of way of working it to a... To, to differentiate it into mental and physical yeah. damage. Yeah, I mean, and Octum Cthulhu combines them. Yeah. So I might split uh, those off to be able to make that work better. But again, it's, that's, that's what we're talking about. It's, that's something we would consider, Jane. Yeah. Well, the, the nice thing is, again, this is where looking at the system and saying which one is closest the fact that there's the same core mechanic would require, I believe very little conversion or very little modification to say, okay, we're going to use Conan style damage instead of Octone Cthulhu combined damage track. I, I think that's a good idea. Um, yeah. And I, I think you'd be off and running. Um, now the reason why I thought you were going to say mutant chronicles for their magic system, but actually mutant chronicles is one that I would stay away from personally for high magic because of the, the, in Octum Cthulhu, magic is not tightly tied to talents. Yeah. Whereas in in Mutant Chronicles, it is very it's closely integrated with talents and the talent trees, like what you find in Infinity and uh, and Conan. And I think that the degree you would fall directly into conversion. You would have to be converting things and and coming up with ways to fit these things together because like those those talent trees and stuff just don't exist in, in, in Octone Cthulhu. It's just not the same. It doesn't go in that much depth. 
I mean, I like the idea of talent trees and I like the fact that you can yeah. put like then higher level spells as it were further down the talent tree. Like you say, that doesn't really already exist in Act of Cthulhu. So then it's, it's like a whole nother thing you're going to have to add. But again, that's, that's a choice. If that's what you want, sure. that would be the way you would go. That's really cool. I, I, that, you know, because I mean, I've, I've kicked around the ideas of like how, how, what, what do I do when I want to scratch the high fantasy itch if I want to do that? Um, and I think that now that I have the Octone Cthulhu books, like I've always said, PDFs are fine for reference purposes, but I don't like sitting and reading and reading yeah. and reading from them. Uh, that may be my that may be my pet project coming up. Um, are there, pardon me, are there any others from the list that you want to hit on just as examples? Uh, I just want to just because we keep talking about this mythical list, I just want to run through it just really quick with, yeah. like, with sort of one or two words for some of these things, like what we do. So. Uh, number one, these aren't in an order. These are just how we wrote them. So number one, we had like Deadlands slash Weird West, which I think, again, we said was relatively simple to just use Acton Cthulhu yep. with very little changes. Um, and number two, we've got Super Spice. We've got James Bond. That's... You know what, Bond, and, what we, what we, and by the way, what I'll do is I will go ahead and I'll clean up this list and I will publish a Google document and I'll put a link in the notes so that those of you listening can actually go take a look at this. James Bond and, and Mission Impossible are two different animals. Yeah, but even for either of them, I'm not, I think again, it, I think what would be more important is not, is, is what kind of game are you going to run? Right. Dishonored has a lot of elements of this, of the, the sneaking through stuff, but Bond doesn't really do sneaking, Bond does blowing everything up. So um, Acton Cthulhu is the closest to modern day. Infinity, if we were going slightly more future ahead, has the, all the hacking stuff. So I think actually that's very much what are you trying? What is your Super Spies game going to look like? And yeah. then you would have to pick one. But that might also be one where you kind of start with this like a really generic. I mean, you could use Star Trek to do it bizarrely. Sure. Um, we've got number three, Game of Thrones. We've already we've done that. Did it. Uh, number four, Supers. We said. Just, this one sounds like the, the, uh, yeah i'll take that a, sounds like i'll work. take a sabbatical and have a go at doing yeah. that and still wouldn't have it done at the end of the year no you know what that's where you, you turn the question you can't answer back on your student by saying that's a good question what do you think or why don't you go look that up yeah so we'll just put supers off by itself uh next one's high fantasy which we have done yep um six is modern horror so I mean, acting Cthulhu makes the most sense because it's already a horror semi-modern game. And we just, you know, like you said, we, we renamed the guns. Job done. Oh, and we need to add computers in. But still, it's, a, you know, it's like a skill. It's not, it's not difficult. You uh, know, and I, I think if you've watched the Supernatural, if you watch that TV show, I actually think that the magic system in uh, Octone Cthulhu is really the closest to what those characters use. Like, it has a cost. Uh, a lot of it is ritual. So, yeah. Um, I mean, actually, another possible for modern horror would be using um, Mutant Chronicles because that has very much light and dark magic and it True. does have more modern technology. Um, so that's, that's another shout. Uh, number seven, we've got Pirates, which you put with perhaps attachment magic. So I think we're thinking like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah, precisely. Which again, I think it depends on what we're looking for. Conan would work. Literally, you could just run, run it with Conan and just have to add guns in because I don't think any of the Conan books have guns in, but I could be wrong. But obviously, we have Conan Pirate book. And then, yeah, just well, Cyberpunk. Pirates. Yeah, I was trying to think if there's anything else 
pirate, oh. but yeah, I guess Conan makes more sense. Um, Cyberpunk. I mean, to me, the one that makes most sense by an absolute mile is is Infinity because it's basically already yeah. a cyberpunk game. It has rules for yeah. all of that. It has rules for for net running and hacking, and you know, it goes a bit more into the transhuman elements. Um, but a lot of cyberpunk's going that way anyway. So that would be yeah, Infinity. Yeah, if you just if you wanted to run like a hundred years in the future on Earth, you just erase all the stuff that's off world. You just pull out space travel. Well, I would have hoped by in a hundred years from now we'll have space travel. Well, I mean like star travel. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll differentiate. Yes. Leaving the system within the system. Yeah, I think if you want to run uh, you know, something closer to sort of the expanse. Actually, infinity doesn't seem it seems further ahead than that, but then yeah, that kind of thing. Um, number nine was steampunk, which again, Acton Cthulhu makes the most probably makes the most sense. Unless you're going to go down the fact that Mutant Chronicles is diesel punk, which I never knew what that was. Uh, and, and that yeah, was steampunk, I, I think the thing with steampunk, that would really depend on what do you answer? What, what are your answers to the questions in task one? What are the elements that you see? Because steampunk, I mean, I've heard, I, I love this actually. Steampunk is what happens when goths discover the color brown. <laughs> Uh, is is what I've heard it described as, but it's one of those things for me. Steampunk is I see it, I I I recognize it when I see it, but describing it is difficult. It's highly subjective. So I think the answers you come up with with task one would really drive yeah. what kind of game do you want, and then finally, uh, finally, so uh, we got Starship Troopers, which, yeah, I don't actually know where to where I'd start with Starship Troopers. Every single one of the things feels like infinity feels not quite right. I wonder if it fit because I'm in the same place as you, it seems with infinity, but I wonder if that's in part a subjective interpretation where you look through infinity and everything is shiny yeah. and nice. Yeah. And, and starship troopers is like blasted worlds and bugs crawling out of holes in the ground. I wonder if that's a perception issue yeah. less than, I think, I, I mean, that's, that's the thing again, it's come back to this, like, well, I'm, I'm thinking of what I, I think infinity and I think of what it looks like, but it doesn't have to look like it's a rule. So I use it for eclipse phase, which is very much more like closer to just being on earth kind of stuff. Um, but again, Mutant Chronicles will work because that is your fighting thing. But instead of fighting zombie, weird, demony things, you just fight other aliens. But you could, Bugs and skinnies. Yeah, you could use Acton Cthulhu because it's a war game and Starship Troopers is a war thing. And actually all of the, all of the trappings of the sci-fi stuff is irrelevant. You're, you're a grunt with a gun. Well, in Acton Cthulhu, you can play a grunt with a gun. You just take out all the magic yeah. stuff. Um, so in fact, they have psychic powers in Starship Troopers. So just go, right, okay. Yeah psychic powers is magic so it's again you know it's it's literally how do you want to do it we keep you know it's fascinating that we keep coming back to Octum cthulhu which makes a lot of sense because if you've listened to some of our older episodes we tend to place Octum cthulhu right in the middle yeah. of fluff versus crunch in the two die 20 continuum and uh and also i think it's one of the it's one of the best written that in the klingon rule book the ones that i have in terms of explaining the rules uh, so it, it, I think it makes sense that it, we're not just defaulting to that, but Octoon Cthulhu, because it offers, I think, the best of several worlds is the most um, yeah. I mean, the most portable. We've actually mentioned pretty much all of them. Star Trek, we haven't mentioned, but that's because Star Trek, like you said, that's a very particular thing. But actually, if I wanted to play, like you said, Traveler, 
then Star Trek is, is spot on fire. If I want to play world-spanning um, sci-fi, then Star Trek makes more sense for that. The other one we have... Or it may well, if you wanted to play more of a, uh, like, not grittier, but lower level, like, it's my three or four buddies and our little ship type of thing, maybe this upcoming Homeworld game yeah. will be more fitting for that because I know in the quick start, it, it discusses small ships. And small ships are not something that are that are prominent, you know, yeah. in, in Star Trek. So maybe that would be, that would be it. Yeah. I mean, the other one we also haven't used as a base is Fallout, but Fallout's very much its own thing. I mean, yes, the setting's post-apocalyptic, but Fallout gives you a lot of rules for sort of building things from scratch and modifying. So actually, if, we, if, if you were doing a steampunk game and the most important thing in your steampunk game was making your own, making your own weapons, uh, and modifying your weapons and doing cool stuff like that, then Fallout would then become, well, that's the one you should be using because Fallout's really like the one which has loads of rules for custom building stuff and, and piecemealing your armor and things. So again, it's the, what are the key elements puts you in a yeah. particular direction? That's a really good point. I, I hadn't thought about that, that, that the, the gadgeteer and the tinkering, if that's the type of steampunk game you want to run yeah that actually that makes a ton of sense to just go with with fallout huh um yeah, well that's then. our that's our list of 10 um yeah i think we've kind of yeah so so what i will do dear listeners is i will like i said there will be a link um on the anchor page and um that you can go take a look at these things we'll clean it up the three tasks the um the definitions as best we can have them and then our our list with some ideas and and you know what I'll do I'll I'll add or we can add the the where we think the answer to task 2 would be for each of these 10 and we'll just publish this as a as a a page through uh, Google Docs so you can you can take a look at it because I I'm okay with describing myself you know joking a bit as a you know a kind of a shameless 2 die 20 fanboy at this point um, I think it's a terrific system. And again, like we've said, it's not, it's not like die 20 of years ago or savage worlds of now. It's not the same thing every single time. Like if you pick up Dune and you pick up infinity, it's amazing that it's the same core mechanic because those games are just radically different from one another. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, I, I can't expect Modiphius to publish a niche game for every single like weirdo genre or setting that I want to play. And if I want to play in them. Uh, so I think that there's a, there's definitely a, a lot of room to take this system and, and either reskin it or modify it or go nuts and convert. So hopefully this, uh, our discussion here will, will help spur some thought and, and some creative action along those lines. Yeah. And I also have cool news that we are over a thousand plays yeah, yeah. Over a thousand plays. And um, yeah, so if you're listening to this and you've been listening to this, we thank you because uh, we like talking about this system and games in general, but you're you're making it, I mean, it's worth it, but you're adding you're adding icing to the cake uh, with you know several a number of episodes or well over a hundred plays. And every time we publish something new, all the old ones grow. So it seems to me that people are we're picking up new listeners and people are going back as new listeners and listening to the, uh, the old stuff. As a matter of fact, the Shackleton expanse review, we've got about 50 and that just dropped a day and a half ago. 
so. a day and a half from when we recorded this, not from when this comes. No, no, it, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, this one when will this one won't drop? And here it is. Actually, it's the seventh of October. So you're going to be listening to this. Well, this will drop in a month. Yeah. So the plan, All right. the plan would be for us to move on to potentially actually going through this process in more detail. I think that's yeah. how our plan goes, but we'll have to see how that one goes because, yeah, real life. Yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll do this. We will, and this is for you, Chris, and this is for anyone listening, we'll bat around ideas by email and whatnot, and we'll, we'll decide what we're going to do with that. And if we're going to do it, obviously, we'll follow up working through probably a modification slash conversion in an episode or, or a few. Yep. Very good. Well, all right, man. Have a terrific week. Uh, yeah, you too. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.